So welcome everyone. I'm Joe Manis, uh, Executive Vice President of uh, Customer Success. I want to thank you for making time for us today. We've got a lot of great information to share with you today. Joining me today are Jeremy Manzer. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing today? Doing good, Joe. Appreciate you having us on. My pleasure. And my good friend, and God, I've known Dan for over 20 years. Dan, welcome. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you, Joe. Thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Look forward to having a nice dialogue today. Yeah, we definitely will. Uh, you can see uh, Dan's the Director of Integrated Marketing Solutions and Jeremy's Strategic Account Manager. These guys are in the thick of it with customers of small, medium, and large, large corporations solving uh, today's challenges. So I couldn't think of a better partner to have on the call with us today. So you're going to get some great insight from the guys. Uh, and I'll throw in an idea or two as well. So we got a great session for you. What we're going to be talking about today is... Uh, new opti-channel marketing solutions and why they're essential in today's world. One of my favorite saying is, sayings is marketers don't know what they don't know. The world of marketing is changing at the speed of sound. And if you're not staying current on the new developments in marketing efficacy, you're behind. And the think patent can certainly help you as well as MindFire stay out in front of your customer needs. We're going to take a look at some new customer loyalty strategies for growth and success. This is an emerging area that's growing tremendous. New customer acquisition programs, the must-haves. 90% of most of our customers are investing uh, in new customer acquisition because they're trying to grow their business. So we're going to show you exactly what you need to do for success. Another big growth area is employee recruitment programs. We're going to show you two or three amazing recruitment programs. Uh, new avenues for fulfillment efficacy. The area of fulfillment is growing tremendously. In fact, Think Patented, gosh, it seems like just yesterday added 50,000 square feet. They've already outgrown it and they're out giving another 50,000 square feet to meet their customer needs. So again, there's some strategies and tactics for that area as well. And then we're going to wrap up with some fully integrated marketing programs that show you what you need to do today in today's world. The questions that many of you asked about today I'd say 90% of them revolved around, in this crazy world, how do I create new opportunities with my customers for business development? What's the secret as a sales rep? Fully integrated marketing programs, the days of one and done programs are gone. You have to have an ongoing program. We're going to show you that today. All right. So that's what we're planning for you today. So let's start with Think Patented. Just take a moment for those Think Patented customers that are here today that don't know about Think Patented. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, Think Patented. Dan and Jeremy, go ahead and jump in, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Think Patented, we're located here in Dayton, Ohio. We have a 130,000 square foot facility with manufacturing and fulfillment services underneath that roof, and we're actually leasing additional spaces. Joe mentioned we're continuing to grow. We definitely work in a bunch of different verticals and industries. So you can see we're into healthcare, nonprofit, higher ed, lots of successful programs with those different verticals, financial services. And then the services that we actually provide are a lot more than just ink on paper. So instead of not just traditional, um, traditional print and, and digital printing, we also offer marketing automation solutions using tools such as MindFire. We build marketing portals for our customers so they basically can control the branding and messaging of their literature while allowing um, their sales force or customers to come in and customize that material. We do display graphics in wide format. So lots of different services and unique solutions underneath one roof today. All right. Great overview, Dan. Very well done. 
All right, so let's just talk about the trends you can't ignore in today's marketing and efficacy just for a moment. When you think about today's marketing, as I stated, today's marketing, the world's changed dramatically. Consumers are in control and live on multiple devices and channels. Single channel silo communication is no longer enough, yet marketers do that every day. And what our platform and companies like ThinkPad and the Leverage, what they do is help you reach and engage your target audience, no matter their channel preference to accomplish specific objectives like new customer acquisition, customer-based growth, loyalty programs, membership programs, the sky's the limit. And we do this using opti-channel journeys. We like the word opti-channel because it's more targeted than multi-channel. Opti-channel allows you to drive into the channel that Joe versus Dan versus Jeremy prefers. And you can see direct mail, email, pearls, QR codes, and much more. Simply stated, we connect print and digital channels into one integrated marketing solution. And that's what customers are looking for in today's world. Now, this is super important because most marketers aren't even aware of this. Today, your target audience available on seven different channels. Yes, seven channels and five devices, five different devices in a 24-hour period. So if you're just relying entirely on email or social ads, digital ads, and that's it, you're missing your audience. And you know, in Joe, fact, it's funny. we were talking about, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, that's a great slide because the, the, the big takeaway that I see here when I see slides like this is that you've got to be able to cut through the clutter and allow your clients and prospects to be able to interact with you via whatever channel they choose is the most important way to be able to communicate with you. So that's why you got to be across all these different channels and you got to cut through that clutter. It's very difficult to do in today's world. Amen, brother. said. The other key piece for many of the questions that you all ask for the single question, the challenge you face, how do I drive more sales into my company? The number one catalyst is content. You have to have an ongoing nurturing program and prospects want to see three to five pieces of high value content before they agree to take action. Whether the call to action is purchase something now, not all of us is ready to purchase right now. I got to learn a little bit something. Or you're trying to get a sales engagement meeting with your target audience. Prospects want to understand how your solution or service can benefit them before they invest time in a meeting. So these programs with content are essential for to success in today's world. Joe, I want to add something real quick to high value content because we get a lot of questions surrounding it. So you know, first and foremost, it, it doesn't have to be studio quality. It doesn't have to be big productions or writing 20 page white papers. Really, the focus is brevity in a way. But yeah. we want to educate, we want to inform, and we want to provide value to customers. So that really defines the high-value content. And then it's recency and frequent, making sure that you're staying top of mind, continuing to drive value, and to help facilitate that engagement. You know, well, Jeremy, sorry. you're right on that. that. That brand awareness is so important because people don't stick the side of their name on the side of a stadium because they're going to sell something. It's to be top of mind when that customer or client is ready to make or take an action. Beautiful said, gentlemen. All right, so there are more media channels to build dialogue on how you can help folks. And you have to move effortlessly across these channels. And that's where the right technology platform comes in. We've got a world-class platform. It's been only business for 20 years and over 20 years, excuse me. And Dan and Jeremy and their team do an amazing job with our technology stack with their customers. All right, so now let's segue to more than marketing. We talked a lot about marketing the last couple of slides, but as I said early on, in today's world, we're doing more than just marketing engagement. 
And with that in mind, let's take a look at some of the amazing different programs that are being run by our customers like Think Patented and Mindfire. So new customer acquisition, 90% of customers' budgets are going for that because everybody's trying to grow their business. But customer base programs, loyalty programs, membership, event registration, arrival programs, trade show engagement, new member customer onboarding, referral programs, transpromotional programs, and label and packaging. And all of these are dynamic, highly focused, personalized programs. Dan, Jeremy, what are you guys seeing with these different program opportunities with your customers? Go for it, Jeremy. Yeah, with new customer acquisition, I think that's potentially a pain point for most people on the webinar today. And we said earlier about producing high value content, educate, inform, provide value. So we have to have that steady drumbeat of being able to get things, facilitate that branding and awareness. I think a big opportunity that many people are missing that we've been able to capitalize on is really generating the leads, right? Our, our prospects, they are engaging right? Don't just interpret engagement as a, or a share or something you might post in social media, but they're engaging. They're going to your website. There are technologies out there and some that solutions that we implement that will actually take an anonymous website visitor, somebody that's coming to your website and can convert that to a business lead or convert that to a, a residential lead. So now you have information about them and you have the ability to target them. Joe, you mentioned opti-channel marketing. We now have the ability to target on a one-to-one -one level and follow up with them. They're no, yeah. no longer anonymous to us. So from a new customer acquisition perspective, we have to acquire those leads and be able to implement those opti-channel, omni-channel marketing programs to deliver that high-value content, develop that relationship. And we've seen a lot of success supporting our clients with different programs. That's beautiful. Awesome. The other point I want to make here, folks, is that when you're working with, uh, and everything Jeremy just described is available on our platform from a capability standpoint, but when you're working with your customers, I can't tell you how many times that I've created a major opportunity for our customer by talking to the VP or EVP of marketing and asking that man or woman, hey, you're talking a lot about impressions. It's obvious one of your agencies is doing a lot with impressions, but tell me, how many of those impressions actually converted to an actual sale for your company? Can you talk to me about conversions? And 90% of those marketing execs cannot tell me the conversion of those impressions. That's what I focus on. And I would encourage you to focus on conversions with your customers because that's what pays the bill. All right, moving on. Then let's talk a little bit about vertical market opportunities. Now, Dan, when he started today talking about ThinkPattern, you saw some of the different verticals there involved in. I'm going to start at the end in mind, and that is that really any vertical that wants improved results can benefit from working with Think Patented or the Mindfire team, B2B, B2C. We've got equal success in both arenas, small SMB companies, medium, and even some of the largest household brand names we're all working with. And there's a reason for that. The experience and expertise that we have with the, the strategies and tactics necessary for success. Uh, now you see here a short list, not for profits, higher education, retail, insurance, healthcare, financial services, manufacturing, hospitality, restaurant, telecommunications are just some of the hotbeds that we all spend a lot of our time on. Dan, any other thoughts on some of the other vertical markets and what you're seeing out there today? 
No, I think that what's really important to understand is no matter how large of an organization you are, you could use these solutions and tools that we're speaking about today. And the importance of being able to walk before you run is, is really critical. This can be overwhelming for some clients and even for some service providers that are out there. And if you walk before you run, you can succeed. So you've got to take it easy, start slow, look at your legacy programs and marketing efforts that you're doing today, and then look at how you can apply the new tools that are out there and help improve your results and then move forward that way. Yeah, totally agree. Jeremy, you have any thoughts on the vertical opportunities? I think really what we have to do is in some ways break out of our comfort zone uh, a little bit. We're vertical agnostic. You can yeah, look at really it. any business and identify a problem. So we have to do our research. We have to identify the problem or the challenge and then how that aligns with the solutions that we provide and then be able to communicate that very clearly and concisely to them. We really have to break out of the mold of just simply branding and awareness. We have to do the work for our prospects, for our customers, help them with that problem identification, and then really propose the, the solutions to solve those problems. So you can, again, you can look at all of these industries as well as many others and identify a challenge or a problem and I'm sure we all have a solution that can help them with that. And that really helps facilitate the relationship and the engagement. Yeah, I totally agree. Great addition. The other coaching tip I would offer everybody on the call today is as you're working with different companies, there's a lot of companies out there that have technology stacks in-house that they're leveraging. And so sometimes our partners don't see it as an opportunity to help these companies. But one of the approaches I found very successful for myself and my customers I partner with in new opportunity development is I like to say, where are you experiencing a gap for a program opportunity that you're trying to solve? And for those gaps are often some amazing opportunities for you and your team to go in. You know, maybe the first gap is your customers doing direct mail with you, but they're not optimizing or leveraging a QR code. That's a gap because the results we're seeing from QR codes today are absolutely amazing. Let me give you another example. I was back east in New Jersey with one of my customers making a call on a super big manufacturing company in 25 countries across the globe. And they had a big technology stack, CRM, doing an amazing marketing job. But when I asked the VP of marketing, because my poor customer was dejected, when he heard they were using Salesforce and Marketo, all of a sudden they said, oh, there's no opportunity here and they were ready to leave. But I kept probing and asked the question of the EVP of uh, marketing. I said, let me ask you this. We're not here to replace your Salesforce or your Marketo, but what gap do you have that drives you nuts that you want to test maybe a new program or something that you can't do because your team's too busy? And he said, bingo, Joe, I want to test some new ideas in a couple different markets, but my team doesn't have the time. So we want to do a couple little different tests. I said, let us be your innovation incubator. We'll run the test for you. And then if they work well, you guys can bring it in house or you don't have time, we can continue to build them for you. He goes, bingo, let's go. So again, even when it looks bleak, there's still opportunities if you pull back the layers. Yeah? Yeah, it doesn't have to be transformational, Joe. It's simple. It's incremental steps that help facilitate engagement or create lift in sales. So it's small things, and I'm sure we can all look at different execution tactics and just find incremental ways to improve them 
and the 1% increase in engagement or 1% increase yeah. in sales is a huge ROI for the business. Totally. All right, cool. All right, let's start with some of the use cases. We're gonna start with higher education. This is an account I know really well because I've flown to this account with Dan more than once. And so I'm gonna let Dan kind of tee this one up. Great university, Dan, it's all you brother. Sure, well, this is uh, actually the University of Dubuque in Iowa. And they had a problem with a shrinking population of students and lack of enrollment and not meeting their goals and things that they wanted. They needed a solution to be able to help improve upon that. So we looked at their legacy system and the way they were going to market and what they were doing. And we were able to bring in and help them automate the solution going forward. And what we were able to do is to take and personalize all the outbound communications to prospective students, help them build a relationship with the, 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 the students as they were sophomore, juniors and seniors, and then help them increase applications and enrollment rates. So we were able to take them to the largest class that they ever had in uh, in school history of up to 636 students. So they were very thrilled with that. But there's a tsunami or a big wave that's coming into higher education right now. This program we actually started about six years ago. And even then I was speaking to that point. Today it's even worse. And it's the fact that they're located in the Midwest and there's a, a migration of high school seniors or, or students, potential employees, potential new students because the population is moving to the south or to the coast for better employment opportunities. They've got competition with other schools in the area that are lowering tuition and subsidizing it, which is a big problem and issue. So we needed to be able to get their message out and build that relationship with them. So Joe's got a flow chart that's set up here that basically shows how you can automate that process or how we automate that process using the MindFire solution. Joe, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, Dan and the team do an amazing job of designing exactly the technology solution necessary to meet the customer need. But you don't eat the elephant in one bite. We start simple with three, four channels here, direct mail, email, social media channels. And now, as you're growing, this is what this program has grown to under Dan's leadership. Yeah, now we've incorporated a lot of the social media channels. We've versioned the messaging by the different degrees that people can get. And we know that information in advance. So we specifically speak to them about the program that they're interested in. And then with the solutions that we have through MindFire and stuff, if we're recruiting a student that's interested in the nursing program, they go online and they tell us that they're actually interested in a biology program, that all future communications going forward switch to the imagery and the messaging about the bi biology program. So that's a real value in there because that's what the students want to hear. They want to know, they want to be talked to about what uh, is most interested to them and not about just a generic messaging of the school. So important to be able to engage and also bring in the parents into the dialogue uh, because they're part of the decision-making process. And then at any given time, on the left-hand side is the outbound recruitment side of the program. And on the bottom right-hand side of this program is actually the, the fulfillment side is the terminology that this school used. But we're educating them to apply. We're telling them about the value of the school. So at any given time on a Friday when we're doing um, outbound communications, we could have 10 different emails that are going out to 10 different audiences, along with some direct mail pieces going out to the different audiences based on where they're at in that marketing or in that recruitment um, process. So very important to be able to build these schematics here and, and be able to look at these flowcharts and understand how it can all work and then remove the human interaction on our side so we don't make any mistakes. We don't want to manually send out these emails. We want to program it, let it run, and then go in and massage and nurture these programs in real time because it is fluid and we can make changes. We can add things or remove things in real time. So that's not a problem or an issue. So a lot going on here. I can't get into the details, but you can see how um, automated it becomes very quickly with the MindFire solution. Yeah, and we, 
you, with the wave map, it, it simplifies the process. Here you can see the emails going, email number one, the warm traffic for Facebook ad, uh, Instagram, organic Facebook. And if you don't understand what those terms mean, cold ad, warm ad, organic ad, we train our customers on. There's real art to uh, executing engagement on social channels, direct mail, and then there's ringless voice messaging, SMS. Dan had it all there. You know what I find interesting, Dan, is when you get as deep as you are, you've been with Dubuque, I don't know, six, seven years at least, you literally become a part of the Dubuque team, right? Can you imagine them waking up some morning and saying, let's bring someone else in here and start working with them? Can you imagine that? The other part about it is that they use all these schools are using CRM systems, Slate, Jezebel, the different solutions mm -hmm. that are out there, Black Bomb, so on and so forth. And the problem with that is they do offer a marketing uh, module, if you will, inside those programs, but they're not as sophisticated as what we're able to do. So keep in mind that we're able to go in and integrate back into the CRM systems with people and send information back in. It's important to the schools so that the counselors can follow up with the low hanging fruit while we're continuing to nurture potential students and adding in lead scoring and so on and so forth before we send those leads order or, or those potential students back over to the counselors for the one-on-one -on -one communications and so on yeah. and so forth. So a lot going on in there. It's very complicated and higher ed today from a recruitment standpoint. But at the end of the day, you can see here, we had over 200 applications that came in, put 636 students in the, the new class, which was the largest in the history. But 67% of the responders that we had come in were the actual people we had targeted and marketed to out of the gate. So our messaging was resonating very well with the audience that we were focused on. It wasn't about the numbers. It was about finding the right students and focusing on that database or that data set of students in order to garner the greatest. Instead of the spray and pray, we wanted to really focus and, and develop quality leads to come into the school that would apply and, and, and uh, enroll into the school. Yeah, beautiful, Dan. Great job. I just really love this program. Hey, Joe, I just want to add something real quick. The, these are exceptional programs. We have a number in place in higher ed and, and even yep. similar ones across other industries. But as Dan touched upon, it, it's really about personalizing and customizing the journey. And the personalization is being able to you know, deliver communications that are, are personalized to the individual they start to see themselves at these institutions. You're starting to develop that relationship and then customizing the journey. Again, we're beating a drum here, but the opti-channel marketing, we're casting a wide net in terms of our channel selection, but then giving uh, these prospective students the opportunity to decide what channel they want to communicate in. That could be text messaging, that could be printed materials, it could be email. It's a lot of different opportunities. So you really customize and personalize that journey for them. And that's what Amen. customers, that's what prospects expect. Amen. Beautiful. All right. Here's another little use case you call, you renamed this solution. And let's talk a little bit about this one. That's a recruitment program. <laughs> it's interesting because it, you know, you, you see we're moving from student recruitment over into employee recruitment and it's still the same challenges. It's just that you've got to use different messaging and different, different ways to go out and reach your audience. And I think today, I think anybody that's in business is having a, tr a struggle, whether you're in our vertical or any vertical that you're in, how do you recruit em new employees? If you're in healthcare, how do you get new nurses or doctors to join your network? Or in this case here, this is a large manufacturer, has a lot of people they need to employ in their plant, they're growing. And they were just trying the traditional online recruiting efforts and going to different job fairs, if you will. And so they needed to get their message out in a different way. And so we decided that after having some conversations, they wanted to be able to 
first of all, build their brand recognition in the community where they were at because they were an employer, but they didn't really market what they did into the community and how they were helping the community. So we wanted to build awareness of that and then build awareness of the benefits of working in their location with potential um, employees. So we identified, if you go to the next slide, Joe, we were able to identify in a, I think it was a 30 minute radius or 30 mile radius of the manufacturing plant itself. We decided that we were going to focus on households with certain education levels and income levels. And so we were able to go out and reach these people and, and deliver things out. But some of the solutions that we were able to do is a unique solution that's on the website was the ability to be able to identify website visitors specifically to the employment page or the opportunity page, if you will. And we were able to identify 208 potential new recruits that were not on the data base that they marketed to. So we're able to reach back out to them. But more importantly, we were able to maximize the exposure of their messaging and create um, an online experience back and forth with potential prospects to apply and, and show interest in coming and having an interview with this organization. So if you'll go to the next slide. So what we were able to do, this is where the, 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 the payment meets the road, if you will. And we had a 15 times increase in impressions over a traditional direct mail campaign. Jeremy likes to explain to people a lot of times that if you do a direct mail campaign, how long does that campaign really last? Let's be honest with everybody here. When that direct mail piece arrives at a household, they look at your direct mail piece. It goes in a trash can in a few seconds. That's the end of your campaign. So using these other tools and solutions and putting in social media and putting in informed delivery and putting in uh, Google display ads, and maybe YouTube ads or whatever it may be, now you're able to maximize that and build that campaign out. So it's 30 days instead of just one day. As you can see, we mailed about 31,000 people, but we actually, people saw the messaging 477,000 plus times. So that's a huge increase in impressions, if you will. Remember, we talked about cutting through the clutter earlier today. Here's a perfect example of how you're getting your message across seven different channels or eight different channels that we used in this campaign to help build interest. So you ended up with 178 interviews, 148 applications, and 22 new hires. The cost of the new hires with the 22 people and the cost of the campaign was significantly less than what they had spent in other avenues. So they were extremely happy about it. And to this day, we continue to run recruitment campaigns for them. Thank Very you. successful campaign. Very successful. This one here that you show is actually a financial services. It's for a credit union in our area that was going out to recruit new membership to the school or to their, their credit union. So they were selling all of their different services. And what we were able to do is to provide an ROI calculator that demonstrated the value of what they were spending with us and then what money that it generated. So in this case here, they basically generated a 292% return on investment on their marketing dollars because they were able to get 92 new um, members to join the to join the uh, credit union. They valued each new member in the first year at three hundred dollars. So they spent nine grand, and they basically generated twenty seven thousand dollars in new revenue. So sometimes we have to go in and figure out what is the potential um, ROI on the marketing dollars that you're spending, and how do we justify that? She needed to justify the expenses that she was going to spend back to the board in order to continue to do these type of campaigns going forward. So we're very excited about having that opportunity to continue to build upon this opportunity for her and make it grow. So that is the value in the numbers. Joe, you've said many years ago to me that resonated with me a long time ago, and I use it all the time with my clients. But even if you have bad results, if you're looking at it and you're measuring it, you can react to it. And even yeah. if, if the results show that what you're doing is working very well, that's good. You validated it, but you constantly got to be measuring and looking at the numbers. So we have the tools and solutions to be able to show you 
If the dollars that are being spent are generating revenue, we can have a, an honest dialogue and an honest conversation. But to be honest with you, sometimes when you get into these dialogues with clients, they can't give you the answers that you want. So you have to be very careful about maybe backing away because then you're exposing that they're not measuring things the way that you would like them to. So you, you got to be very careful when you have these conversations. Well said. Very cool. All right. <clears throat> Let's uh, move to the next area of opportunity for all of you. And that's QR codes and direct mail. And simply stated, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is a game changer for your marketing engagement. We'll go through this really quickly before we get some more other case studies. Uh, but I'm shocked that people are still asking if QR codes are relevant today because what we've seen the last year is a significant growth and that by the end of 2022, we're expecting 5.3 billion QR codes will be used solely for coupon redemption. That's just one area of marketing opportunity. That's coupon redemption. And I've got a million examples. If you get an email from me, I have a deck you can download in the signature block by clicking on the link. And the reason that they're so darn successful is because they're contactless, touchless, and easy to use. And these are all must-have attributes in a post-pandemic world. When we think in terms of the, the four big reasons why the main drivers for success, one, every mobile phone today has a QR code reader built in it and it works, uh, unlike apps of the past. Uh, there's new COVID use cases that everybody got comfortable with, like menus and coupon download, and 56% of mobile users do everything on their phones. So you're opening up a potential opportunity immediately. And what we're seeing from the direct mail programs that customers are running, we're seeing absolutely three to five time lift over the direct mail response rate. So if we're getting 5% from the direct mail, 7%, whatever, depending on how good it is, we're seeing another 3X to 5X lift in the QR code scans on top of, let's say there's a pearl in there. So really driving significant results. Here's the example we just looked at. This realtor, because folks want to know in my area what their house is worth, and there's only three homes in, in 17 villages in my area available on the market. And so we're still increasing. So this realtor immediately gets their contact level from the landing page where they provide it to them. So she's building a prospect list. That was the number one question for many of you before this webinar is how do I build a prospect list? Use the technology. And then here's another recruitment campaign using the QR code. Just like Dan's results, this new path program was a huge success as well. They hit the ball out of the park with the different locations they were hiring for. So now you've seen two different recruitment programs. And again, the QR code was a major path. In addition, we have the QR code for donor programs. I saw in the queue a number of questions on donor programs versus higher ed. We'll get to those when we get to the Q&A. Uh, but suffice to say, the QR code is helping donors. And hey, many of you on this call do outdoor signage. And again, it's another natural path to put that QR code on the signage, get them there for a coupon or for a call to action. All right. Yeah, I just want to add something about QR codes because that initial slide, are QR codes still relevant? Yes and yes. I think we, we can all stop asking the question. As marketers, it's ultimately about convenience, right? We're just aligning with yeah. consumer behavior. 
And our consumers, our prospects, they want convenience. 10 years ago, it's very standard, right? We include our telephone number, we include an email address, and we include our website URL. All we're asking now, or all we should be implementing now is add the QR code. We're offering an additional channel of convenience, and we're giving the prospect, the customer, the opportunity to decide how they want to engage. So just make it standard in all of your marketing execution tactics and implement it in there and for convenience. And I'm sure even some people, as they see now, and I, I think it was during a major sporting event not too long ago, there's even national brands yeah. in their television commercials are putting QR codes because all it takes is a quick grab of the phone. You scan that and boom, you're right onto their website and, and navigating your journey. So just implement it and then we won't ask anymore if they're relevant. Just to, to, to pile on top of that for just a second, don't forget about the value of QR codes inside. When you look at the customer journey and they buy a, a package or a product from you, you should be adding QR codes into the instructions and things like that so that they could go ahead and see videos on YouTube on how to assemble a product or service Amen. or how they can um, learn some training tips for whatever it may be, that whatever vertical that you're in. But those QR codes on the actual packaging itself and inside are invaluable going forward to continue to build that relationship, with a, which is a current customer at that time too. So keep that in mind. And then the ability to measure those QR codes because you can put unique QR codes. So if you're doing outdoor signage, Joe, where's everybody coming in from? Is it the front door or the back door? You know what I mean? We can figure that out with a QR code. You can track that. And you know what bucket to put more money in because you're getting better results from it. So true. Absolutely. And there's, there's so many different use cases. Getting the experts on a call, they're going to be able to show you a lot of different ways to do it. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about financial services in just a few minutes. So we talked about journey maps. Here's a new customer onboarding journey map. And what I love about this is it marries print and digital channels together. And so I want you to get your head wrapped around the fact we got a new customer, so we sent them a welcome email day one. Day five, they receive a welcome packet printed in the mail that has additional programs that the bank or credit union customer might be interested in. Day 10, they get a supplemental income tool. Some of that content we talked about earlier that educates them on additional areas of opportunity within the bank or credit union. Then they get a letter printed on the supplemental income tool with a call to action to visit the site. Then on day 20, we get a salary calculator email so they can see what they can qualify for additional loans. And guess what? Day 30, the bank or credit union, not all, but some are now approaching their customers to see if they're happy in their current career. They're now approaching customers as potential employees of the bank. You see an uh, email on day 45, job listings, and then day 60, we got a gift card. The Manfire platform has an Amazon gift card into gift services built into the platform. And so day 60, we're offering our customers a gift card. Excuse me. Now, the thing about creative, especially in the financial services, is it matters. The messaging, the call to actions. So I've got some different examples in here as you download and look at the deck later. Here's the Amazon gift card use case. Again, a letter, token of our appreciation for being a valued customer. We get them to the landing page. We get their first and last name phone. If we have that information in the database, it pre-populates. And then we ask them, we never miss the opportunity, which of the following are you most interested in? New loan, credit line, financial education tools. 
The other thing that's interesting is we're starting to use nine-digit unique codes in lieu of a Perl to get people to enter that code to get to their personalized landing page for a unique personalized offers uh, just for them. And then that creates a sense of security, Joe, when you're looking at the financial yep. services size, that makes it feel like a secured site. So very important to, to apply that strategy right there. Absolutely. And then from the person right to the application process, again, as easy as one, two, three, make it super easy for the, the customer to get what they want and need. And again, good creative. All right. So now let me turn it over to Jeremy and talk about a program that he helped a customer with, CBNA Home Loans. Yeah, it's monitoring our time here. I see we have a lot of questions. So we kind of exercise some brevity here, but this is a really uh, unique program that we have in place for a regional bank and really cutting edge. So it's called Programmatic Direct Mail. So we help them with implementing a tracking pixel on certain pages of their website specific to home loans. They're able to track the anonymous visitors and uh, acquire their physical mailing address. And then within uh, 48 to 72 hours of visiting one of those home loan pages, right? Somebody, a prospect is coming in doing their research and gathering information, but within 48 to 72 hours, they're receiving a postcard in the mail. So it's that retarget, it's that follow-up, that personalized approach and convenience and customer service. You can see the QR code built in here, but we've been running this program. They're acquiring their leads three days a week and executing their mailings. And they're, they've been doing it for about a month now, but really starting to see increased engagement, increased lift. Most importantly for as Joe constantly focuses on conversions with the completion of mortgage loan applications or home loan applications. That's awesome. Beautiful. Interestingly, Jeremy, we do a lot of financial services for some of the largest lenders in America. And depending on the where the loan officers are, we're directing those leads either to the call center or right to the mortgage lender, depending on how they respond by the city. So that, again, there's the flexibility of technology set like Dan said, set it up and forget about it. And again, so many options available to your customers. Yeah, we have a, a parallel program in place for small business for the same bank it has a different version of a postcard. Um, so we're supporting both the retail side of, of the business as well as the business, both very important verticals in, in banking and financial services. So they're, and in addition to, to just responding is they're also acquiring these leads right? We said that customer journey can be three, four, five, six months long, but they now have the information and they have the ability to retarget these individuals and uh, continue to develop that relationship until uh, that point in which they convert. Jeremy, the value of what you're providing there, being able to gather the leads that are coming into their website, that's really a first party cookie. And that's the most valuable um, 
data you can collect and use to respond to instead of going out and purchasing lists that are really using third-party cookies to gather the information that shows somebody might be interested in a loan or whatever it may be. So definitely a lot of value in gathering that content or gathering, collecting the visitors that come to the website and retargeting them. And then on top of that, real quick, 96% of people are going to go to a website, they're going to leave. And by retargeting, you can drive 70% of them back and 26% of that 70% should will will follow through on a call to action. I agree. Very good campaign. Yeah. A little plug. We're talking a bit high tech here <laughs> for some, uh, maybe not for others. If you have questions about you know, how to implement these programs, tracking of leads, identifying anonymous website visitors. You shouldn't just be doing it for your customers. You should be doing it for yourself as well. We want our leads to be able to follow up, but just reach out to us and we can do a quick 10 minute kind of refresher for you and walk you through how it's set up and implemented. Beautiful. Dan, this is a wonderful example of you guys taking a problem, creating a solution, Let's just quickly go through this and make everyone aware of this one. Yeah, this is uh, very complicated, but I'll try to keep it at a high level. But basically, a corporation out of Cincinnati called Division Maintenance Group provides maintenance services for large organizations like Walmarts and CVSs. So anything for any Walmart in the country or CVS from plowing the snow in the wintertime to doing plumbing services to electrical services, whatever a maintenance need would be. So what they need to be able to do is to recruit third-party service providers, basically vent them out, and then allow them to perform that work at these different locations. So they were having trouble, A, segmenting their messaging. So we were able to version the messaging based on what vertical you were going to fall into. And then B, once they were able to get you to respond, they were having trouble communicating back and forth with these potential service providers to get them the information that they needed. So we were able to automate and send out reminders explaining to these people that you didn't upload your W-9 or you haven't showed us your insurance coverage and additional information and documentation that was needed. So we would be sending out these emails to remind those organizations that if you don't do this, you're going to drop off. You're going to have to start the process all over again. And once people completed the information that was needed, then in real time, that was sent in to basically, I'll use the term recruiter inside the organization to continue to vet them out to see if they could hire them or bring them on as a third party um, service provider. So what's interesting about this is this campaign was so automated and there's so many communications that were going out. It was way ahead of its time. I believe this was in 2015, Joe, that I built this program. It was very successful and there's a lot more to it, but we were using email, SMS, text messaging, direct mail, all kinds of of different ways to reach out. And again, we were speaking to them specifically to the city that they were in, down to the opportunity with what corporation was needing that help. Really, every channel. Mm -hmm. You had every channel. Uh, You had static ads, you had SMS, emails, you even had a direct mail personalized uh, by the type of service provider they were. It was a work of art. That's why and I want to showcase it again. It shows what's possible. You took a problem. They were losing tons of time and hours. They couldn't get enough candidates. And you said, oh, let's let technology fix this. You just listened and then you designed and designed an absolutely work of art. What's funny about that, Joe, is that we took a problem that was in higher education, which was getting kids to supply information to the school. So we were sending out reminder emails to the, to the potential students and then realizing that, that they had the same problem. All we had to do was take the solution we did in higher end and apply it to this. And that was just collecting additional documents and being able to automate that process for them. So they didn't have people on the phone contacting them and asking for this or that. They just focused on the people that were following up on in a timely manner. And that's where they were best uh, use of their time. You can see the online experience here. 
Super. Tell them where they came from. That was really important to them. They wanted to know where they came from. We found you online. We're responding to an ad or a direct mail piece, whatever it may be. Um, And of course, a lot of this information would have been pre-filled. If we had information on them to begin with, we would have pre-filled all forms. Yeah. So I'm going to hop in real quick because I I saw a question come through. I think it's uh, relevant. Somebody had asked about the difference between omni-channel marketing and opti-channel marketing. To just keep it simple, omni-channel, you're casting a wide net. So as you see with this a program that we're implementing, you're selecting a multitude of channels. You're communicating in digital, print, text messaging. So you're disseminating your message across all those channels. Opti-channel is where you are evaluating and optimizing that omni-channel program that you execute and say, okay, I can see from my omni-channel execution that people are engaging across these channels. They seem to be preferred. And then you take that opti-channel uh, route. So it's really just optimizing an omni-channel program. So a lot of terms get thrown around, but hopefully that explains you for it. It's opti-channel, just optimizing an omni-channel approach. Yeah. It's, somebody else had a question about where do we get data from when it comes to running these types of programs. And data can come from a multiple resources. It could be a list provider that uh, we, we engage with that we're going to be able to go out and mine their data and get the type of people that we want. This could be listed or purchased from organizations, unions, whatever it may be, how we were able to find these plumbers and things like that. You could go in and, and buy data from the unions and it tells you the name of the corporations that are in the area. There's a lot of cool things that you can do to go get data. It's not simple and it's not complicated either, but we'll go to various sources to be able to gather that data. Yeah, we'll get through these last bit of slides yeah. as, as examples. We'll have time for questions, but the wrap up on this one is based on, <coughs> excuse me, the interest level. You got the appropriate notification to each of the recruiters. Yeah. Yes. All right, All right Jeremy, tell us about uh, bottomless positive. Uh, you just ran this uh, program for the folks in New York. Yeah, we partnered with a, a printer out of New York City. I, I think I saw Joe on the call. He, he has an existing relationship. Uh, Bottomless Closet is a nonprofit. Year over year, they send out an end-of-year appeal to their donors and prospective donors. And really, we're just looking for a way to enhance the campaign. So we took more of an omni-channel approach. Instead of just sending them a direct mail appeal, a, a packet, and looking for their response, we incorporated in other digital marketing channels. So Google display ads and form delivery. So that's now going from one touch point to on average about 15 touch points. And as Dan mentioned earlier that I emphasize that if you just send out a direct mail, it might have a shelf life of anywhere from one to five days. So we've got to continue to be relevant. So (laughs) very successful campaign ran for 30 days. We saw tremendous results from engagement. The the nonprofit was able to acquire additional leads. You can see the increase in, in gifts. You can see the increase in their leads. And I think most important is ROI, return on investment. They had about a 3000% increase in their ROI. So it was a, a very small increase in their cost to implement the digital side of it. So we just combined print with digital and saw tremendous results. Well done, beautiful. All right, let's quickly go through this one. I asked the president of of our partner, Patriot Direct, that we talked about this referral program. He just got 200 leads for one of their state recruiting yesterday. So they're doing an amazing job. We talked about with Patriot Direct, Sam Wheeler, 
His team do an amazing job on messaging across the different channels. They do retargeting. Everything the guys have been talking about and I've been talking about today is available on our platform. Anonymous visitors to website. These are all things that we do every day. But what Sam and his team do that's unique is creative matters. You got to be able to connect with your target audience. You got to have the optimization across the different devices. And you've got a message that resonates with the target audience, especially when you're asking for referrals. We're trying to find new guard members, more than one way to be a great soldier. And they're building a value proposition across the different areas. Capture all the leads. They go directly to the recruitment officers for follow-up. Nurturing, a lot of you ask sales-related questions. You've got to have a nurturing program. It takes more than one touch to deepen that awareness and build the uh, critical insight. All right, so that's the guard, and uh, they, you'll see the deck. They do an amazing job. If you have questions, I can get you connect with Sam. All right, back to you, Jeremy. I think you're going to talk about fulfillment and kidding for ThinkPat, and then we'll move into some Q&A. Yeah, you had mentioned uh, at the outset that we had added 50,000 square feet. We filled that within about a month and uh, are now list, excuse me, leasing an additional 50,000 square feet. So the expansion and, and fulfillment and sampling and, and warehousing just continues to grow. So huge opportunities there, but really it's, it's about two things. One, supporting sales, supporting marketing, and most important, supporting customers and being able to get inventory to market quickly. So we've got a number of clients and different kinds of use cases. I'll focus on two. We have one customer that I would say 95% of what they warehouse with us is just physical inventory. We leverage a technology, a, a website, a storefront that they have a user list. Their sales force is global and, and they're able to log in and they're able to place orders that are fulfilled right out of our inventory on demand. We have other cases where clients have uh, print on demand. So there's templates or there's items within their storefronts that they're able to place an order for and they're produced on demand and sent directly to where they want. So again, it's speed to market. And then we're seeing that there's a lot of opportunities with SAMP. We have one client in particular that through their website, customers can request samples of their products. Uh, when they submit that request, it comes directly to us and it's filled same day or next day, sent directly to the customer. And now they've got a physical sample and a variety of things that they can look at. They have all the information and they've been executing that program for almost a year now. And they're seeing a huge lift in their conversions because they're being able to provide that convenience to customer and deliver them physical samples of products. So we do a ton in inventory and management and fulfillment solutions. Awesome. That's absolutely fabulous. So as you can see, we've touched on so many subjects today. I think Pat and it's helping their customers. Let's wrap this up and get some questions. And uh, if we have to go a few minutes long for all the questions, I'm happy to do that. So the key takeaways from today, whether it was Jeremy Dan or myself, you have to leverage new innovative solutions to drive improved results. Every customer in the world is looking for ways to grow their company. Using these innovative strategies we all talked about is going to increase conversions and lead to new revenue. And in 2022, you have to leverage multiple channels and devices, and you have to have a nurturing program. You have to have a six-month minimum commitment to the program to start to see the kind of results you want. You can track and measure any campaign metric you like, along with conversion and return on investment results, and we can augment existing programs or build a new one 
with all the elements you need for improved results. All you got to do is ask. Guys, key takeaways, any wrap-up points for you before we go to Q&A? No, I think we've got some great questions. Excited to hop on those. Yeah, I all agree right, with let's Jeremy. Do it. Uh, so here's our contact information for all these speakers today. Uh, and we're going to send this recording and deck to you. And we will also, if we run out of time to answer all the questions, we will send those out in writing as well. All right, Dan, Jeremy, do you see a couple of questions you want to start with? Uh, yeah, uh, one, yeah, one person uh, had a question about Think Patented and is our approach more of the marketing angle, digital advertising, or more of the marketing services, the, the print side. We're channel agnostic. Really, it comes down to what is the challenge? What is the problem that we are trying to overcome? And then really selecting the solutions that help with overcoming that challenge. No, we don't ag aggressively or actively compete in a digital marketing space, but we have technologies that allow us to disseminate or execute communications across digital as well as in print. So it's really about having the solutions available. It's knowing what the problem is and then determining. So I have a four-step process I do every time. It's first, audience. Who is your audience? What do you know about them? Second, it's your offer and your messaging that needs to align with your audience and you can do different versioning off of that. Uh, third is so channel selection, right? What is the most effective channels, opti-channel marketing, most effective channels to reach that audience? That'll different, differ based on your audience. If your population is senior citizens, then maybe reaching out to them on LinkedIn isn't the best. There's more direct forms of communication. And then last is creative, designing the creative to, to meet the audience and their needs and doing that versioning as well. Hopefully that addresses your question, but Joe's got my information there if you need any follow-up. Yeah, great points. I saw a question, number on Think Patented, but I saw, we'll come back to that one, but I saw one about, <clears throat> the challenges with working with uh, higher ed and not-for-profit. Let me find that one. Yeah, it says what, what pain, pain points do you see with not-for-profits and higher ed? Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, what pain points do you see with nonprofits and higher ed? When it comes to nonprofits and higher ed, you've got quite a few pain points. But if we're looking at fundraising, because I see the word nonprofit, you're looking at the alumni side in higher education. It's a shrinking pool of donors that's out there. So how do you go out and identify and communicate to the next generation of donors? This country is getting ready to see the highest shift in, in, in wealth ever transfer from one generation to the next is taking place as we sit here and speak. I know my father just personally passed away at 86 years old in October of last year. So that shift is taking place right now. So the biggest issues they have are a, how do they go about implementing new ways of going to market and getting their message out while continuing to lean on their legacy programs that they have in place. So a willingness to step outside the box, maybe implement a smaller campaign and do some testing to be able to get it out. And then segmenting of the audience that they're going after and understanding how those people want to engage with the school and create a relationship with them versus just trying to ask them for money all the time. And then again, on the recruitment side, the, the biggest issue is a shrinking pool of, of students that are available. And how do we continue to build relationships with potential students and educating and marketing to them earlier in the decision-making process by starting these sophomore campaigns, junior campaigns, senior campaigns, and automating all that together in one campaign. So it's a mouthful. Yeah, it goes a lot deeper than that, but it's a, a big issue for them. 
in higher ed, it's increased competition. And throughout the pandemic, the inability for students to take some of the standardized entrance tests, those colleges, universities rely on that information to be Correct. able to then remarket or target those individuals. So when that went away, they were all left standing going, oh my gosh, where, where do we get data from? So data, data. So being able to you know, support them strategically versus just being their printer is really the angle to take or the approach to take. Two quick uh, questions, I should say points for both higher ed and nonprofits. And we're coming up on the end here. We have a few more questions, but we'll stay on and answer some more questions. And if you have to go, thank you for joining us. But on not-for-profits, requires a new strategy. I could do a two-hour session on not-for-profit donor programs, but most donors are asking every month for a donation. Are you kidding me? In today's world, are you nuts? So that's number one. You need a new strategy. If you want to talk to me offline, I can give you a deep dive. We did a podcast on this the other day. For higher ed, the student search, the students have been trained not to click on anything. So if that's the case, then you better have a, what we call warm, cold strategy that allows you to overcome that. That's another topic that we can pick up later. Okay. Next question. I think there was a bunch about Think Patented. Do you guys position yourself as a printer, uh, a marketing services, or an agency? How do you answer that, guys? Yeah, we're a marketing solutions provider, a marketing execution company. So from ink on paper, as Dan said earlier, to different technologies and solutions, we have a creative services team. We have web developers on staff. So it's about having robust marketing solutions. And we have all of it to support 360 needs of our customers. And it's jack of all trades in a sense, but they're all necessary to be able to support turnkey programs. And there's certain agencies that kind of all their eggs in the basket with digital marketing we leverage technologies that allow us to deploy campaigns. So we have different technologies in place that allow us to execute omni-channel campaigns. And then of course, we started as a commercial printer, so being able to print. And the relevance of print is, is so important. It's all statistics from the Data Marketing Association where uh, direct mail engagement rate on average is about 7%. All digital marketing channels combined, Mind. so email, Google display ads, Social media is about 3%. So it's not a matter of competing against each other. Should I go digital? Should I go print? At the end of the day, it's really about marrying these tactics, being able to execute that omni-channel campaign strategy and giving our customers options and marrying the best of both worlds to, to facilitate engagement versus being channel, picking up a particular channel, because you're not going to reach your intended audience just being in one or two channels. Yeah. There was a question here. One of the, I uh, think George asked, he asked if, if Think Patent leans on MindFire for the implementation of the programs. No, they've got a very robust technical team. They can build any program they need to build. Yes. Do we get on a call for some strategies for some new integration points and some, some really cool stuff that's way out of the box? Yeah, we have some meetings like that. But they're a complete turnkey team. They've been with us for, my God, Dan and I have been working together 20 years. And ThinkPad has probably been a customer for at least 12 years. They've got the real deal. 
Yeah, and Joe, I'd like to turn that around just in a funny way. It's it's nice to know that we do have the resources and team in-house, as Jeremy mentioned, the team of developers, but it's always good to know that we can lean back on MindFire for any help or assistance that we may need if we run into trouble or we need to be able to just bounce some ideas off of them. So yes, we work, we do most of the heavy lifting in-house, but it's nice to know that MindFire is there to help support us whenever we need help. We are a true team together. Great relationships between our companies. As most people know, the MindFire solutions just continue to evolve and get better and better. So that's really the reliance is leveraging that expertise. And then we know what's available at our kind of disposal and how we can implement those in different campaigns. So you guys are always continuing to innovate and, and move forward with your solutions. Yeah. And then Ken, you asked the question about, yes, it's an open API. We have the ability to write back into CRM systems with MindFire. They work with many CRM systems. And if not, then they also have solutions that allow us to get information back and forth in a seamless way for our clients that want that. So I hope that answers your question there. Yeah, great. And thank you for the kudos. A lot of folks saying they love the presentation. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Dan and Jeremy, I want to thank you guys. You're awesome to work with. I appreciate you helped me with this educational webinar today. If there's any burning last questions, go ahead and ask them and we'll wrap up here in a second. I want to thank the MindFire team behind the scenes, keeping us pointing in the right direction on questions. Any other last chance? No? Thank you everyone for joining us today. The presentation, the recorded session will be sent to you. And uh, if we can help, you know where to find us. We're there for you. Thank you much.